0: Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what He has to say to you today. Enjoy. So, as we mentioned earlier, Alex mentioned, and the AJ was on the video, we are start Revelation next week. Um, but this week, uh, the last kind of couple of weeks, I've had opportunity to kind of pray and discern what the Lord wanted me to speak on, and as I was praying and processing, the Lord made it really, really clear that I was supposed to speak on marriage, or as in The Princess Bride, Mowage. Y'all seen that movie? No, none of you seen that movie. Okay, we'll just keep going. We'll just keep going. Uh, But no, I just really felt like the Lord wanted me to speak specifically on this particular topic, and so we're going to drill into that again this week. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about about fears. What are some of y'all's worst fears how many of you guys in this room are actually scared of spiders? Okay, we got like four or five. Okay, how many of y'all are scared of snakes? Okay, we got a few more. All right, how many of y'all are scared you're going to miss the Super Bowl? Because you're all here. <laughs> those, all those people came to the five o'clock service. How many of y'all are afraid of taxes? Amen. All right, amen. We got an amen, amen for that one. So um, I want want to get a little bit more serious here for a sec. What are some of the fears you have in your marriage or in marriage? And let me just say this tonight. I know some of you guys are maybe not in a marriage. Maybe you're not planning to be in a marriage or whatever the case may be. I would just say just be open to listen because we're digging into the Scripture. And I was thinking about this this morning as I was preparing. Um, As you read Scripture, God speaks to you. And so... It doesn't matter if it doesn't apply directly to your current situation. God helps shape the way in which you see the world. And so this might not be a message that speaks to you in your current situation. It might not be tailored to you, but it's still God's word that speaks to you, that helps shape your worldview. And who knows how God may want to use this in your life. So just to say this to you, just be, be open to tonight's message. But what are some of the fears you have in marriage? Maybe it's unfaithfulness. Maybe it's mistreatment. Maybe it's being controlled. Maybe it's being disrespected. Maybe you're afraid that your partner will actually stop caring about you. Maybe it's that you feel disconnected. Maybe you're afraid of abuse. Maybe you're afraid that you'll be dishonored. Whatever the case may be, some of us have fears and insecurities sometimes in our relationship. And so I want to jump into a passage of Scripture here tonight that is often misinterpreted, misused... And instead of being a scripture that ought to bring us a sense of security and comfort. And so my heart for, in this passage of scripture, in this message tonight is this. Is that I want you to correctly understand a, mis, a scripture that's often not correctly understood. So that you can understand what a biblical model of marriage actually looks like. So y'all ready for that? Alright. But before we jump into this passage of scripture though... I want to reference a verse that is not in this section of scripture as in most of your Bibles. If you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 22, um, above that in the scripture, in your Bible that you have, you're likely going to see a heading, something like the household of faith or wives and husbands or something like that. You're probably going to have some kind of heading in your, pa- in your scripture. But in the original writings of the scripture, there was no like titles like, of certain sections of scripture. There was no like descriptions of what was coming. As a matter of fact, in the original scripture, there was actually no verse marks and no chapter marks. It was just script read down through. And so one of the verses that come is Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 that comes before this whole section of scripture. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21, it's actually a summary statement for all that Paul is about to talk about in Ephesians chapter 5. In verse, verse 21 says this, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And Paul uses that statement as he's about to describe what submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ looks like in the household of faith. And then Paul begins to talk about marriage, and he talks about kids, and he talks about slaves, all of which in the ancient Near East, would have lived in all in the same household. So Paul's saying, you ought to submit to one another. Mutual submission out of reverence, out of this fear for the Lord, you ought to submit to one another. And this is actually how it looks like fleshed out in the household. Does that make sense? And so that's kind of like a summary statement for what Paul is about to talk about. Now, before we jump into this particular passage of Scripture, though, I want to say something about your relationship with your spouse. Your relationship with your spouse or in a marriage, there's only one relationship that's more important in your entire life than your relationship with your spouse, and it's your relationship with God. Your relationship with your spouse is your second most important relationship that you have. Let me just kind of flesh this out a little bit more and maybe hit closer to home. Your relationship with your spouse is more important than your relationship with your kids. Step on some toes on that one. Your relationship with your spouse is more important than your relationship with your kids. Because God actually designed your marriage to actually support the relationship with your kids. And and so that's the way kind of God designed things to be. And so, with that in mind, we're going to jump into this sometimes controversial passage of Scripture. Here we go. This is what the Scripture says Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying it that I'm saying that it refers to Christ in the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-two to thirty-three. So, I want to share a story before we jump into the the two commands that the Scripture gives. It will kind of be the two points for the message tonight. I want to share this story about. These dear friends of mine, their names were Brady and Sydney. And Brady and Sydney are these, both of them are pastors and they live in New York. They're this awesome couple. And they had asked me to officiate their wedding in New York. And so um, I ended up doing their wedding and they wanted me to actually. Read this passage of scripture in their wedding because they wanted to have a foundation for their wedding to be this very thing. They wanted to have a biblical model of marriage. And so they actually asked me to read this passage of scripture and they wanted me to preach a message on this particular passage of scripture. And so I was honored to do so. And so I read this passage of scripture and then I start like unpacking a little bit to each one of them what it meant and how it connected their lives. And I read this passage of scripture and this whole bit about, you know, the husband's supposed to lay down his life for his wife and sacrifice in the same way that Christ loved the church. And so I look over at Brady after I explain a little bit about this passage of scripture and I look at my friend Brady and I said, Brady, I said, according to this passage of scripture, you have to die. You have to lay down your life and 100% Die to self so that you love on your wife in such a way. You have to model Jesus' example of selflessness and lay down your life for Christ, for your wife, and your family. That's your call. And I looked over at Sydney, I said, And Sydney, in light of your husband laying down his life for Christ, for you and for the family, your response to that kind of love is to submit. And so we talked about that and then we prayed for them and it was, it was a great time. And then afterwards, we were kind of at this reception at this beautiful spot and I had this guy come up to me who clearly had been into the sauce a little too much and he came up to me afterwards. He's like, man, I really love that part about wives submit to your husbands. And like... I don't get annoyed that easily. This was one of those moments where I was annoyed, okay? Confession time. And so I was like, I'm not a blunt person. I was blunt in this moment. And I said to him, I said, oh, you must have missed that part where I said the husband had to die. And he looks at me and he's like, and he walked away, (laughs) never said another word. But we do that with the scripture, right? Right? We pick out the parts that we think, and it's so selfish, we pick out the parts that make us feel good, but we don't understand actually what a whole passage actually means, and that's exactly what's happened in this passage of Scripture. People take out one verse, they think, and they end up using it as a sword and as a weapon, but they're actually not understanding what this passage of Scripture looks like. This passage of Scripture actually reflects what the gospel is. This passage of scripture unpacks for us the incredible love that God gave us in his son, Jesus. And that is the model and the standard for what marriage is supposed to look like. How many of y'all know that we love Jesus because he first loved us, right? We were his enemies, the scripture says, and God sent Christ to die for the ungodly. And we submit to Christ because he first loved us. And, And out of response for that, we submit to him. That's what a biblical model of marriage is supposed to look like. And for some reason, we've twist, twisted this passage of Scripture to make it, make, make it mean something different. There's two commands here that God gives in this passage of Scripture through the Apostle Paul. The first one is this. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. And if you're wondering why we're starting with the husbands, it's because a couple different reasons. One, there's seven verses speaking to the husbands and three verses to the wife. And... I believe the right response in terms of understanding marriage from a gospel standpoint is we respond to sacrifice. In the same way we respond in obedience to Jesus and submission to his sacrifice, this is actually the way it's supposed to work. The scripture says, husbands love your wives. Here's one thing I can tell you. You don't have to guess the will of God if you're a husband here tonight. You don't have to wonder, Lord, I wonder what your plan is for my life. I wonder what your will is. You don't even have to pray that prayer because scripture, the authoritative word of God, tells you here very succinctly what you are asked. What's the will of God for your life as a husband? You know what the will of God for your life is if you're a husband? What is it? Love your wife. It is always God's will for you as a husband to love your wife. Always. It's always God's will. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to think about it. It is God's will for you to love your wife and to lay down your life like Jesus did for the church. And I don't know about you, but I don't like dying. Anyone else like dying to self? No, it's sacrificial, it hurts our flesh, it's no fun. We don't enjoy it. But I think our struggle is, we want a submissive wife before the sacrifice of laying down one's life. And gospel-motivated submission actually doesn't look like that. Gospel-motivated submission means the husband makes the first move of laying down his life and sacrifice. And I would say this, a submissive wife is not something we, including myself, are not entitled to. It's a gift that comes from God. God. A submissive wife is not something we should expect or mandate. It's a gift a woman gives us when they see a husband laying down his life in sacrificial love. And here's what I say about our community and our context. I don't think in our community here in Barrington and beyond, we don't have an issue with laying down our life as it relates to work and providing for our family. I actually think that's one of the great things God's given us in our community is we have incredible work ethic. Like, we do an awesome job of laying down our life, of serving our family by providing. And, for, like, legit, I think that's an awesome value that we have in our community. And so, we, in large part, I think a lot of people actually do that well and should be encouraged by it. But I think where we struggle is actually sacrificing our selfishness to take time to care for the needs of our wife the whole part that talks about loving and nourishing and cherishing. And we are supposed to be like Jesus in our marriage, and that doesn't just mean providing for our household. It also is how we treat our spouse. And so here's maybe a convicting question, which includes me, by the way, okay? How are we treating our wives? The challenge for me is I struggle with laying down my life and caring for my Wi-Fi times. And the problem is, is we have the standard here in this passage of scripture, and it's Jesus. How many of y'all know that we fall short of Jesus, amen? Jesus was the perfect, perfect example of selflessness. He sacrificed himself every single time. He laid down his life, and not just on the cross, but his whole life, he lived selflessly laying down his entire life for the sake of others, and I don't always do that, and it's a struggle for me to actually walk and live that out, and I'll just share a little story that I got permission to share tonight from my wife, who I love very much. It's easy for us to get defensive. It's easy for us to, to when, when maybe they're not being cared for, to kind of go on the defensive, and they don't feel loved, and Past few weeks have been really busy for me. I uh, traveled to New Brunswick and spoke at a a, a university there. And I've been in church just the last couple weeks, Sunday mornings, helping out. And with all this busyness, I was driving home from teaching a class in Yarmouth on on a Monday night and just calling and checking in on see how she was doing. And she tells me over the phone, she's like, yeah, she's like, I feel a little disconnected. And I'm like, ugh. And so... As a husband, instead of hearing her just being honest in her need and responding the next couple days by being intentional, you know what I start to do in my head and my heart here, Pastor Jay? I get defensive. I start having these arguments going through my head. I don't know if this hits home with anyone else, but doesn't she see how busy I am? Like, doesn't she see I've tried extra hard to call and stay connected? And the worst one was this. Doesn't she know I'm doing the Lord's work? Like, gracious. And I don't know, like, what defense mechanism you have when you feel like maybe someone voices something that needs aren't being met, and you kind of have a defense mechanism. Just, I'll just be honest. Not only do I have defense mechanisms, I used them in the last two weeks, Okay. So I'm in this with you. I'm not saying you should all do this. I'm saying I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to all y'all, okay? But have you ever done that? Have you ever like got in a defense mechanism mode and you started, maybe not even just in your head, but you had the conversation? Like, don't you know how hard I work? Don't you realize what I do? How's that gone for you? It worked out well for you? No, not usually. See, the goal is not to win the argument. The goal is to win your wife. I'm going to say that again, if anything, from wah. <laughs> okay? The goal is not to win the argument. The goal is to win your wife, still. And some of us, when we first got married, man, we laid out the red card. We did everything. We did all kinds of things to try to, like... Win our wives, do you still need to do that? Yeah, you do. And so husbands, love your wives. Care for them. Care for them in a way that they prefer to be loved. The problem is if you study any of these love language business, we love other people with the way we prefer to be loved. And so if you prefer quality time, you will love people with quality time. If you prefer physical touch, you will love other people and your spouse with physical touch. But the other person might not necessarily be loved that way. And so caring means you figure out how does that person prefer to be loved and laying down your own interest to love them in that way. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. This is another one of those where you don't have to like, Figure out what God's will is. You don't have to pray about this. It's straight up God's command. Wives, submit to your husbands. Now, let me ask you a question. You guys all doing okay so far? Wives, what's your immediate reaction to the word submission? Does it make you feel all warm and cuddly inside? Now, usually when you hear the word submission, there's probably a bunch of things going off in your head and your heart. You feel like... Control, tyranny, <laughs> oppression, maybe even slavery. Now let me ask you a question: Is that really what Jesus had in mind for a marriage? Control, tyranny, and oppression? No. It's not. Like, if that was the case, if that's what marriage was really, what was what it was cracked up to be? How many all would get married? How many of y'all want to be oppressed, under slavery, controlled? Yeah, no one. Like, none of us would get married if we thought that that's what marriage, all it was cracked up to be was that. And so there's something that's missing here that we're not seeing here in this passage of Scripture. Submission is not merely doing, like, what you're told. Submission has so much to do with responding to a person laying down their life for you. Like I submit to Jesus and follow his will for my life because he laid down his life for me and it is not just my obligation, it is my desire to submit and follow him because I know he loves me and he has an awesome plan for my life and the direction he has for my life is good and perfect, amen? And biblically, that's what marriage is supposed to look like. A husband laying down his life for the sake of Jesus and the sake of marriage and following God's will for the marriage and for the family. And as a husband does that, a wife responds in submission saying, I'm going where you're going. I'm going to support you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to discern with you. I'm going to collaborate with you. But you are the spiritual leader. You are responsible before God to set the spiritual direction for our home. And as you do that, I'm with you. I'm behind you. I'm for you. That's biblical submission. You see, like, husbands are called to submit to Jesus. It's not wives submit to your husbands and do whatever he tells you to do. That's not biblical. It's wives submit to your husbands as your husbands are fully submitted to Jesus. Amen? And so there's a responsibility that the husband has spiritually for the family. And I think in a lot of cases... Us as husbands are guilty of letting the wife spiritually lead the home. That's actually our responsibility. And that's not a put down on any spouse or any wife. That should be a reverent fear of like, that is a big responsibility I have before God. And yes, it is. You are called to spiritually lead your home. To be accountable before God for how you treat your wife, how you look after your kids, and the direction and decisions you make. You are accountable to God for that. And as you spiritually lead your home for good and for God, submission is submitting under that direction and following and supporting. And I think we see a perfect example of this in Jesus, and so it makes it easy. You're like, like if it was Jesus, like I know like he's always right. Like, he always makes the right decision. He always has my best interest in mind. So it's easy for me to trust Jesus. The problem in our marriages is when we come together as husband and wife, it's two broken people who are fallen and broken that are coming together to try to follow God's will for our lives. And we don't get it perfect. And we make mistakes and we fall short so often and so frequently. That's why every marriage is imperfect. And oftentimes can be messy. Because how many of you know that sometimes husbands don't always love their wives like they're commanded to do? Right? Husbands don't always love their wives. We fall short. I, Jason, fall short. I don't always love my wife like I ought to. And wives don't always submit to their husbands even though they're pursuing after God's will and purpose. Right? Maybe you've said this to your spouse before, or you've heard it said before, I don't deserve you. And what's interesting about that is it's actually true in every marriage. You might not think that, and that might be a head-scratcher for you, but honestly... Husbands, we don't deserve our wives, and wives don't deserve husbands who lay down their life in sacrifice. And here's why: every single good thing that you and I have is a grace that comes from God that cost Jesus His life. I could go on right now and tell you what I would deserve, okay? Just in general in life, if I got what I deserved, I'd be separated from God forever. That's what I deserve but God in his amazing grace sent his son to die for me so that every single good thing that I have, including my marriage, is a grace that I don't deserve. I don't deserve my wife, not because I'm a bad or a good person. I don't deserve my wife because she's a gift that comes from Jesus alone. And so it's true. We don't deserve it. It costs Jesus his life. And the other part of this whole understanding of gospel and marriage is that You can't lay down your life for your wife in your own strength. Like, go ahead and try. Try to lay down your life for your wife without the power of Jesus. You just can't. And wives, try to submit to your husband biblically, like the scripture teaches, without the power of Christ. Like, it's probably some of the hardest things we'll ever do in our lives. And we actually need the power of Jesus to enable us to do that very thing. I need the power that comes from God to slay my selfishness so I can actually love my wife and lay down my life for my wife. And wives need the power of Jesus to deny their own interests and selfishness to actually live out the marriage God's called them to live out. We need the presence and power of God. I invite the worship team to come. You see, we need grace. Because how often do we fall short? How often do we not lay down our life? How often do we not submit? It's a tall task. That's why we need to do this in our marriage. We need to give Grace. We need to give grace to our partner when there's the absence of sacrifice. When we're not seeing someone laying down their life for us, when we're not seeing that person caring for us as they ought to, we need to give grace. And we need to give grace when there's a lack of support, lack of submission, lack of encouragement on the other side. But it's really hard to give something you haven't actually received. We need to receive grace in order to actually lay down our life and sacrifice. We need to receive grace in order to submit. And so we've all fallen short in our relationships. Whether they're a marriage or whether they're a relationship in general, I've fallen short in relationships. I have. I've missed the mark. I've been uncaring. I've neglected something. I haven't been thoughtful. I've been negligent in some kind of relationship. I have fallen short. But I'm I'm thankful that there's grace when I mess up relationships. I'm thankful that God can forgive me when I repent, when I've made mistakes in relationships. I'm thankful that if I make one mistake relationship, it doesn't jeopardize the whole thing. I'm thankful that there's grace at the cross for Jesus to forgive me when I miss the mark in my relationships. That God does forgive me. And not only does he forgive me, God gives me the ability to actually be better. God enables me to do my relationship differently. He enables me to make it right with my wife when she feels disconnected. And I can look her in the eyes by the power of God, not on my own ability because I don't have it, to look her in the eyes and say sincerely from the Spirit of God, I'm sorry. And that's so powerful when you humble yourself and you look that other person in the eye, you've known you've fallen short, and just say, I'm sorry. In a moment here, we're going to take communion. And communion is this awesome opportunity for us to receive. And maybe here tonight is an opportunity for us to examine ourselves. Maybe we feel like we've fallen short in our marriage and we need actually to receive from God the grace that he gives us. That's what I love about following Jesus is there's grace. There's grace that forgives us, but grace that gives us the power we need to live our lives for God in particular in our marriage. And so maybe you need to take a moment here tonight just to examine yourselves. That's what the scripture teaches before we take communion, to examine ourselves. And so let God search your heart here in a moment. We're going to have a moment of silence, and they're going to play in the background for a moment. But would you just allow God to search your heart? He loves you. He's for you. He's for your marriage. And so let's just bring things to the Lord as God brings things up. Let's pray together. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.